Hello, conscious soul seekers. So this week is about conscious relationships. This is a juicy subject that many people have been asking me about. So this week on Facebook, I'm going to be doing some live streams and sharing some videos with you about conscious relationships so that we can really get a handle on what it means to be in conscious relationship rather than just stepping into relationship blind. Now, the reason that we don't want to step into a relationship blind is quite obvious, I think. Most relationships, you know, not just, you know, the 70% of divorces that we have now here in the UK, but most relationships in general are turbulent because we don't meet our partners in a place where we're actually able to honour them and certainly not honour ourselves because ultimately... A conscious relationship means that you have to know yourself on a really deep level in order to be able to bring the best you to the table. And when the best you isn't surfacing, perhaps something else is surfacing, some part of shadow, some part of a pained inner child, then you will, in a conscious relationship, be able to honor your triggers instead of blaming and shaming your partner. And you will be able to have a conscious conversation. Now, whether your partner can do that, well, that's entirely up to you, as in the partner that you've chosen, right? So part of the thing with conscious relationship is understanding that we choose, right? We don't just fall in love. That That's a fallacy, really. We don't just fall in love. We can just fall in love if we are being unconscious about it. Just fall in love and just end up in a relationship and then... A year or two later, wonder who the person is in front of us. That's usually what happens in relationship. But we want to try and change this model of relationship because a lot of the time, as I've said in my blog post this week, please check that out, our heart is not the thing that we should follow. And there's nothing wrong with feeling feelings of love and care and adoration and connection and that feeling of being at home. But we want to check why we feel at home with a person because many times our subconscious is running the show here our subconscious imprint around what a partner should be can sometimes and very often does reflect parts of our family life our parents perhaps sometimes it can reflect old relationships we've had but usually this really stems back to you know our parental model what we've learned about what it is to be man or woman And it sounds a bit lame, but a lot of the time we are attracted to those parts in our parents, right? And when I'm talking about parts, I mean the things that you would believe to be good, but also the things that you believe to be bad, right? And so from a subconscious perspective, sometimes we're actually looking for other people to complete us, for other people to heal us, those two things. So this might look like, um, say you have a pattern of abandonment in your life. Many of us have that. So you have this pattern of being abandoned or at least feeling like you're being abandoned emotionally. Perhaps you were dismissed as a child for being very emotional. And so you meet this person who is really friendly and chatty and you have things in common and you find them attractive 
and you fall into this relationship and later down the line you realize that they have a pattern of disappearing on you. Perhaps they don't show up for dates that you've planned. Perhaps they don't call when they say they're going to call. Perhaps they arrange holidays without you, um, maybe to the extreme, right? Perhaps they organize nights out and they don't invite you and they don't think anything of it. It's kind of like you are at their disposal, um, but the, it doesn't work the same way the other way around. So you start to see that, wait a minute, this person really acts like my mom or this p- person really acts like my dad. And how did I not see this in the beginning? Well, the thing is, we don't because we're not looking for that. We're actually just looking at the kind of, you know, the image of the person through the rose colored spectacles. We're looking at them from a point of view of wanting to believe that these people can fulfill us in some way. There's some sort of selfishness in there. Relationship is not just about falling in love with a person and wanting to do everything you can for that person. We are trying to get something too whether that is love or um, companionship or comfort or safety or just having that, you know, juicy feeling in the beginning as many of us do go through that honeymoon period and many people crave that. So it's not just about what we want to give. It's definitely about what we also want to get, but it doesn't have to be from an ego perspective. It's just that most of us have wounds and subconscious you know, imprints that we are unfortunately working with, that we end up being attracted to people who display those qualities. Well, my version of this is that soul can use these relationships to show you and mirror back these parts of cells that need to be healed. But it doesn't have to be that way, right? You can learn that way. You can learn through pain or insight, as Michael Beckwith talks about, You can step into relationship and you can go through all the bumps of learning about your choosing and learning about the wounds that you have in yourself. This is why many, many, many couples argue it's actually their inner children kicking off because they don't feel met. And, um, you know, your inner child, as I'm always saying, is a part of you that is looking for you. It's never really looking for anyone else. It's not looking for a mommy or daddy substitute either, right? It's not looking for mom and dad. It's not looking for someone to substitute the place. It's actually looking for you to step up and love yourself fully by honoring yourself, by respecting yourself, and by healing yourself. We tend to miss those things. We tend to look outside of us, cling, you know, in a kind of Disney-like fashion to the hope of a prince or princess arriving one day and being the one. Now, for some, you know, lucky few out there, they do meet people who they instantly click with and they do meet people who are willing to work with them on the journey, right? Because conscious relationship is about your ability to work within relationship at healing the you know, the wounds of both parties and elevating the soul of both parties, right? And there are some lucky few who appear to have that instantaneously. I'm sure it's not instant. I'm sure there are other things that go on in the background, right? So we don't want to really be looking at other people's relationships and saying, oh, I wish I had that. Why can't I have that? When will my one appear? Because that doesn't really help. The thing that is going to help is you checking you. 
It's you checking your stuff. It's you looking at your family history to see whether there's any patterns that you are playing out in your world that perhaps your mother or your father played out or your grandparents played out. You want to get really clear on what you're working with energetically, right? Many people won't believe in this, but I'm sure if you're listening to my podcast, you probably are more open than most. So look at the patterns because we want to make sure that there isn't common, isn't anything coming down the family line that will thwart your process of meeting someone who's able to actually meet you in a conscious heart-based level. You then want to be looking at the self and looking at your beliefs. Again, I've talked about that in my blog this week. Beliefs that you have about yourself. The reason that you really need to look here is because many of us hold negative imprints, negative beliefs about ourselves. And all these self-limiting beliefs will stop you from meeting that dream person that you visualize in your mind. Right. And we could talk a little bit about the dream person might not be ideal either. But first off, it can stop you really connecting with the person who's right for you because you perhaps don't believe that you are viable like you are the best person for that person, right? So you have to look at who you're showing up as. Who do you believe you are? Do you believe that you're worthy of love? Like really deeply, deep down inside, do you believe that? Because if you don't, you're much more likely to attract in a subconscious wound mate rather than attracting in a conscious soul mate who can help you to work and elevate. Now, the dream part of this is many of us have this dream-like figure of a partner that we believe we're supposed to have or want to have. And there's nothing wrong with dreaming and visualizing. I believe that's a huge part of manifestation when it's done correctly, when it's done you know, within the realms of being open and um, also doing your healing work, right? Because if you haven't done your healing, I'm always saying this, if you haven't looked at yourself you don't know what you're working with, right? It's like getting out a canvas and pulling out your paints and then just looking at it and thinking, oh, if I keep visualizing this picture, one day it's just going to pop onto the canvas. It won't do that. You have to find the brushes. You have to learn how to use the tools. And then you have to start. And at first, you might not get it right. You might not like what you're manifesting straight away. You might get some reflections of your past and some reflections of pain that manifest but because you're becoming more conscious you are in a position where you're able to start choosing what manifests you don't have to choose the first person who comes along right it's not like dating you don't have to go on a date and say well this must be my one this first date that I'm on you can date lots of people you can check in with yourself you know with this clear connection to soul and with a healed inner child and with, you know, a heart that is more balanced, right? It's not just seeking and being needy and clutching and trying to put energetic hooks into people because you want to have someone in your life. You won't be doing that anymore. But the dream figure, right, um, can sometimes be a little bit sort of Disney, like I was talking about before. So we want to make sure that we're really looking for someone who is an energetic elevation of us. We're looking for, um, you know, maybe if you felt your ideal person on a conscious level, 
on a level where that person is able to get you and understand you and love you and honor you and respect you, that person, without having the constraints of what height they need to be, what eyes they need to have, what religion they need to be, whatever it is, whatever constraints that the 3D will give you, try and keep yourself open rather than closing yourself to this tiny, finite thing. Because there is power in being specific, but at the beginning of learning um, how to manifest, you're much better to be open to the experiences so that you can start to really define what your thing is, like what kind of person does it for you, right? So we want to keep it as open as possible without becoming too shiny like Disney and waiting for this perfect person to appear, right? So part of the message in today's podcast is about the waiting. If you're sitting waiting for this person to appear, that ain't going to happen either. You have to be going out and sending the universe a message that you actually want to meet a person, that you actually are ready to meet a person after you've done your inner work, right? So when you've done your inner work of meeting your shadow and healing your inner child and really looking at the family karma and really looking at your self-limiting beliefs, right? You can do this all by journaling. Um, Journaling is, you know, a savior for many people. You can write to yourself, right? So one of the things that I recommend that people do, some of my clients do this, when they have started doing the work, if they are able to connect with their inner child, then what we do is we write as the fear, which is the inner wounds. We write as the the part of us that's saying, you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to meet anyone. I don't know whether... I'm lovable enough. I don't know whether I can do that again if I've been hurt before. I don't know if I trust people. Or you could simply put down, I don't trust men. I don't trust women. And then we write back as the soul self. Now, some people have trouble with this because they maybe can't really connect to a soul voice yet. So this is why I'm saying it's best for you to actually look at all the patterns and look at your self-limiting beliefs before you go to this next stage, do that first and then come and journal and write back as the soul self. Some people find it easier to visualize some kind of archetype like um, a god or goddess. Some people just like God, some people like source or the universe and some people like to imagine their higher self or perhaps if you'd had a very loving grandparent or some kind of mentor in your world, then you use their voice and you imagine what they would say to you, right? Your soul voice will never say anything horrible and negative about you. So, you know, as soon as anything like that is written, that ego is now in play, that fear is now in play. We want to write back as freely and openly without thinking about it. We want this to come from the body. This is from your instincts, right? And from Um, When I say a higher place, really, your higher self is just a much broader, you know, version of you. It's energetically much wider and higher and deeper than we usually think or feel. So then when you've manifested your many conscious partners, right, or many conscious partners, you know, I mean, many conscious, um, perhaps partners, right? You're still discerning, you're still deciding. Then 
what you want to do is is to really start to get to know these people. What we tend to do at the beginning is, as I said, our heart kind of leaps. There's some kind of connection to a person and we automatically go, oh, you know, I fancy them or we like each other or there's this thing. And you feel connected straight away like that instant attraction feels super important because the feeling is so big. And so we generally don't question the importance of the connection. We just make it important because obviously we desire connection. We desire um, sexuality. We desire um, communication and we desire love. And so all of our conscious concerns go out of the window. We're not really looking at that. And what I would like to encourage you is, especially if you have a history of dodgy relationships, which many of us have, is to start discerning really early on and to look at your feeling of connection as just that. It's just a feeling. It doesn't really mean anything just yet. It just means that you like somebody. It doesn't really mean that you're going to fall in love with them. Even if you think you're in love with them, question that because many, many times the version of love that we have inside of us is perhaps not the same version of love that the other person has, right? This word of love gets thrown around so often that we cannot guarantee that the feeling that we have is truly love when we have subconscious um, pulls going on, let's say. We cannot guarantee that the other person loves us in the same manner, right? They might not understand love in the way we understand love. We might understand love as an overgiving, super people-pleasing, doing everything kind of love. And the other person might understand love as what are you going to give me kind of love. You, You guys would be a perfect match, right? And so that kind of love is super unconscious. It's not a conscious love. You want to be meeting these people and really finding out about them. What did they really truly desire? Who are they really showing up as? Right. This is going to take you more than a couple of dates. You're going to have to see, you know, what their family history is. Learn about what their self-limiting beliefs are. Do you both have the same dreams? Right. Do you both want to create the same sort of life together? Do you both have the same beliefs in supporting one another? Do you both have the same beliefs in respect and honor? And perhaps even do the love languages that I've spoken about before by Gary Chapman. You can do um, a little test online called the five love languages. If you look that up, you might discover that your love language is gifts and your partner's might be quality time, right? That might be your top love languages. And so from that place, you can really start to say, well, now I know how to love you in the way that you feel love and observe love and you know how to love me. And then you have to look and see what actions are taken. Now, I'm not saying that you do this dating thing for like a year and you don't say that you're actually a couple. I'm not saying that you don't commit to a relationship because that's not for me to say you do exactly what you want, right? And you might find someone who's really committed to you and doing the work. And if you do, that's great, right? That's where you want to be. But what I'm trying to flag up is you don't want to start, you know, a relationship, like a truly committed relationship with someone 
without doing your homework, what, just stepping in because you have a feeling, that's not enough, right? It's not enough. You wouldn't commit your whole life to somebody. You wouldn't get married to someone within a day without really knowing who they were. Unless you're on TV. <laughs> There's, there was a show on TV where they did do that. Um, but unless you are doing that, then no, you want to truly understand yourself and then truly get to understand why you are attracted to a person, right? For good and bad reasons. It doesn't mean that they are a bad person if you decide that they're not for you. It's just that you're, you happen to notice, oh, that one, that piece of information there was like my ex. And when he did that or she did that, then it caused problems, right? They might be a person who, like I said, is terrible at committing to you. You might have a pattern of people who you are attracted to and you are attracting in who can never commit to you. So that's something that you have to change within yourself. Where are you not committing to you? Where are you lying to yourself? Where are you not showing up for you? Right? Where are you abandoning yourself? Right? Your abandonment of the self might be in the moment when you're choosing someone who is abandoning you. Right? There's a hint. So you have to look at that and you have to discern who the other person is by looking at, you know, what they say, but hugely looking at the actions that they're taking. Do they show up for you? Do you feel met emotionally? That's a really big, important one, because most of us are willing to put up with crumbs in relationships because we've never been met emotionally in our past and we don't meet ourselves emotionally. Right. That bit's huge. So are these people able to meet you emotionally? Now, one of the things is you could meet a person who is conscious and ready for a relationship with you and you're not ready because your emotions are all over the place. Perhaps you get angry really easily and perhaps you think that your partner should put up with that crap, right? Perhaps you think you should be able to be volatile and aggressive and because they love you so much unconditionally, that you'll do that and they should just put up with it until you're calm again and then everything will be fine, right? I did have a friend of mine say this, that um, they were looking for someone who would be able to put up with them in those moments. And I'd said to them, well, the thing is, would you do that in return? And they said no. And I shared with them, well, perhaps it's then not a very conscious person that you're looking for. Because if you're willing to be your unconscious self in relationship, like truly willing and you want that, you're actually asking for that, right? You're asking for someone to meet you in unconsciousness, then you are going to meet someone who is also unconscious. You cannot set an intention to meet a, a conscious person, right? And discerning and knowing and looking and, you know, deciding what you're going to do. And then truly choose an unconscious person because your eyes are open, your third eye is open, your intuition is open. All of you is looking for the signs from your soul to say, yes, go ahead with this or no, right? You're looking for the red flags. You're looking for the white flags. You're looking for, you know, synchronicity. You're open to soul's discernment rather than just using your free will to step into a relationship based on a feeling right which may or may not be true based on how much inner work you've done and cleared right 
you don't step into a relationship based on just a feeling because it doesn't mean enough. It's not of the highest level for your choosing for your soul. It just isn't. Right? Think about it this way. It's like being a CEO of a company. You own the building, right? You own the, well, own the staff. You employ the staff, right? You own the, the chairs and the tables and the, the kitchen stuff and everything in that building, right? You've spent a lot of time on it and you've poured yourself into it and you've cleaned it all and you've made it really high spec. And then you interview someone, right? to help you manage this building and they're kind of sort of 70 75 maybe 80 percent right and there may be the first person who's turned up for the interview but you could potentially interview at least 10 people but you interview this first person they seem okay you you think they're really funny they think that you are hilarious you get on really well you you know, you get on so well that you decide to have a drink after work to chat about this position more. And before you know it, you're so involved with this person from this one meeting, right, that you think, oh, I have them back for a second interview, but I'm sure this is a person. And so maybe the next person comes along, you interview them. And because you already had this amazing time with this first person, you kind of already dismissed them. You're not really looking at them in the same way, but this person has like 95% of the things that would really work in your business, right? And you know that they could do a better job than this first person, but the first person is maybe kind of bad (laughs) in a way, like the bad boy or the bad girl, right? And there's something attractive about them and something that you just gel with. And so after that, you just cancel all the other interviews, You don't interview anybody else and you tell the second person you're really sorry, but you're going to go with the first person, right? The first person that sparked that feeling. Now you get to six months down the line and that person cannot do that job. They don't show up on time. They let you down. They are a way off having fun and drinks with other people in the workplace, but not you. And so you see what I'm getting at. I'm using this little story as a way of describing to you that we are so quick to jump on impulse. And the reason I wanted to share that with you is because many people really believe in that feeling that they get when they meet a person and they don't stop to question whether or not it is truly intuition or whether there is something else going on. Because many of us don't know that it's not just our intuition at play, that our subconscious is at play when we are attracted to people, when we like people, right? And you can't always see at the beginning. So I guess my message today has been a lot of working on your subconscious and really getting to know yourself, getting to know what could potentially be, you know, sticking out. What is the attraction point? Am I attracted to that person because they remind me of a father who couldn't show up for me. I'm attracted to that person because they remind me of a mother who kind of dismissed me. Are there those things going on also rather than just they're they're really sweet or they're really funny or they're really sexy or whatever it is, just a question. It's just place, you know, consciousness in the question so that you can step back and discern whilst you're dating or if you're in relationship already, you can still ask these questions because 
if you're in relationship already and you feel called to learn about conscious relationship, the chances are some of these things are manifesting in your relationship. For those of you who are in relationship and you're scared that this relationship might not be for you, I would urge you to contact me. We can do a free 30-minute soul session if you haven't worked with me already. Then just get in touch with me at hi at yoursoulrevealed.com. And if you are a person who is single and is worried about stepping into a relationship because of old repeating patterns, I would urge you to do the same. Because what we can do is we can look at um, your family imprint. We can look at how that's played out in your life. We can look at the things that you've been choosing. And we look at where you're not meeting yourself and the self-limiting beliefs that you have already. Okay, I can help walk you through all of that rather than you having to do it on your own if you're a bit worried about not doing it correctly and getting it wrong and then falling into an old pattern. All right. So I'd urge you to reach out to me. Don't be afraid. It's nothing scary, right? There's nothing more scary than stepping into relationship or being in relationship with the fear that it's not right for you and that you're wasting your time. So rather than do that, get in touch with me and let's do the work, right? And also please join my Facebook group. If you go to facebook.com slash groups slash your soul revealed, I'll be sharing about relationships this week, about conscious relationships and all that pertains to them. So don't miss out on that juicy information, okay? So remember, in order to shine, you must align. And I will see you next time.